you have a job to do to your other coworker for your other coworker so they can do their job. And it works out really well in a salon situation. You know what? Maybe it's more like yachts than I thought. <laughs> yeah, right? Like... <laughs> Welcome to Elements of Styles, the business podcast that trades in scarce thinking for community, conversation, and ideas in abundance. Each week, I, Mark Styles, sit with professionals and entrepreneurs, both local and global, and learn how they each add value to their communities, their partners, and their teams. Please enjoy. Hey, folks, welcome back to Elements of Styles. Today, I'm grateful to have a really interesting guest, somebody that I met on the Dr. Joe show, thanks to Thomas and his connection with this amazing person. What Captain Boomies does, and you can find her on YouTube, is she helps boaters understand boating. And I, for one, need all the help I can get. <laughs> so without further ado, welcome to the show, Captain Boomies. Ahoy, hoy. Thank you so much for having me. I, I get that I'm sort of an unusual guest for you, but I, I'm a sort of an unusual character most of the time. So that's nothing new for me. So folks, right now, stop, go to YouTube and check out Captain Boomies on YouTube. It is absolutely worth it. So tell us what inspired you to create this how-to format for YouTube and boating. Oh, goodness. The YouTube channel started for a couple of reasons. The, the first video was a moment of anger for me where I was in a West Marine, which is a very popular boating supply store. And there were a couple of gentlemen talking to each other. And one of them was telling the other, you know, oh yeah, 5,200. I use that stuff on everything. And I was so angry listening to them that I needed to make a video about the fact that no, if you are not building a boat, you don't want to use 5,200. You want to use something that's removable like 4,200. It has very similar properties, but it's removable. So if it's a something on your boat that at some point is going to need maintenance, you're going to want to be able to remove that stuff. And so I made an angry little video, but I tried to keep it as fun and funny as possible. And it it was more fun than I thought it would be to sort of vent that frustration to as many folks as I could. And that's how I ended up with having a channel. And at that point, I I hadn't created this Captain Boomies character yet, but I, she evolved and it started to make sense when people started to ask more questions about me as a professional mariner. And I kind of needed to have an air gap between Yes, there is a professional mariner here, but there's also this ridiculous human making videos where I'm going to make you laugh and maybe you'll learn something, but learning something's an accident. I just want to keep you giggling. <laughs> but isn't it a great way to learn, right? Learn through story, learn through humor. And folks, if you don't know what she's talking about, 5,200, 4,200, I don't either. <laughs> I know ex I know exactly where to find her YouTube channel and then search certain questions within her YouTube channel. I mean, she talks about becoming a captain, right? Yes, I do. Um, and what it takes to become a captain because Captain Boomies may be a character, but this woman is a captain. I am a professional mariner. I 
have been floating boats professionally for more than 20 years. People trust me with, you know, many millions of dollars wow. <laughs> on a regular basis. Uh, and I had to be very, very good at it because I was younger than my peers. I have less Y chromosomes than a lot of my peers. I tend to be a little mm, more playful than most of my peers, but I found a way to make that work because I pursued the knowledge above everything else. So that was my strength going into it. How did you get started with it? What did, what what made you decide I want to be a professional mariner? I grew up sailing uh, okay. with my dad. He had me on boats before I could walk. And then when it was time to graduate college around 2008, all of my friends weren't able to get jobs. And I decided that I should probably just keep doing my summer job, which was offering to pay me even more and more money every year and on bigger and bigger boats. And then there was this really big boat that offered me an ungodly amount of money at the time. It was like, I think they were offering me like $40,000 a year to take a boat down to Florida. And at the time that seemed like a huge amount of money considering I'd have no expenses and got to live on this boat. And I really was right for it. They had never had a deckhand, an entry-level deckhand on this yacht that knew as much about navigation and knot tying, seamanship, uh, general <laughs> maritime know-how as I had. And so I just did very well from the jump. So you were a deckhand at that point? Yes. A very knowledgeable deckhand. So then you went on to continue with the courses and the studies and the logging and. Yeah, I did. I, the boats kept getting bigger. It's so crazy how that just never really stopped until I became captain. And actually, once I had stepped up to captain, there there is sort of a threshold where it gets harder and harder to mm -hmm. graduate to that next boat size unless you step backwards and go back to being either a mate or a bosun or a purser was actually a job that I got offered because I'm so good at managing the the background receipts and back office of a yacht that it it made sense for me to consider going in the business side of boating rather than you know the operational side so was it challenging or is it challenging uh to be a captain and to be a part of that minority that you mentioned no it's easier oh <laughs> i love I... that tell me why <laughs> You want to be memorable. And yes. if a hundred resumes come across your desk and one of them is different, you'll pay more attention to that one. Uh, plus yachting is strange in that it's one of the few places where they really can, I'm going to say discriminate based on how you look because it's a yacht. It needs to look gorgeous all the time. And so isn't it nice if your crew is also particularly lovely? I have the biggest ego in the world and I'm fully prepared to say I'm pretty darn cute. <laughs> <laughs> and and folks, you could decide again yourselves by going to YouTube and search Captain 
boomies. You could try to tell me otherwise, but I'm not going to believe you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And that, you know, is is part of leadership, right? So you have to actually be super confident. Tell me about the leadership that it takes to be a captain on a crew of beautiful people. Well, um, yeah, that part's interesting. So <laughs> being a captain, a successful captain, had a lot to do with the fact that I had great mentors along the way who developed their deckhands who became bosuns who became mates who worked their way up as as reflected from the captain down so the captain is always trying to replace themselves so by the time i became captain i pretty much never drove the boat i was always training the mate to drive the boat to manage the crew, to handle the visas, to talk to the back office, to do all the things that were my job because they needed to learn those things in order to be a captain themselves. And I did that because that's what had been done for me. So it's this beautiful apprenticeship where the leadership comes so naturally because you are handing responsibility off all the time. So that meant the mate also had to be training the deckhands to replace himself. Like whoever understands the most about deck maintenance and procedure when it comes to all of the, the nitty gritty of making sure a yacht looks as beautiful as it possibly can requires an, a massive amount of skill and effort and know-how and you have to teach that so there's it's a constant cascade of teaching that's really cool so you you know you give your 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 former mentors credit yet it's still hard to be at the top right you you make it sound very easy but how do you make sure that each level is teaching the next level I probably need to talk about the fact that it's easy on yachts and now I have a land-based business and I don't get to say things like we're going to do it my way or else we'll all die. Uh... <laughs> so the things that Interesting. are easy on yachts because the hierarchy is there and either you're the type of person to understand and enjoy working within that hierarchy or you're not, and it's not going to be for you, and you're not going to last very long, or you're, you're taking the leadership piece of the puzzle, which is the training, and people that value leveling up are your people. So I would say that my leadership comes down to hiring practices way more than it comes down to leading everything else i i do in life is about having a good attitude and walking into things knowing that i'm i'm probably not the most informed in a given situation and i'm seeking the help of others who know more than i do in order to help them do whatever it is they need to do so that's 
that's the land-based flip side that I have an interesting time with, especially because I now own a hair salon. I don't know anything about hair, but I like my little hair salon. I love my staff. They are absolutely top of their game. And the number one priority for them is continuing education. So we're constantly bringing in celebrity stylists to give them that next level in what they do as an artist, a creator. And I sit back and go, what else do you need? (laughs) What do you need? And I just facilitate that. Um, And it works out really well because I hired people that wanted that. So you treat them as the customer in essence, what can I do to make your world easier? Exactly. And they pay it back because it doesn't matter that I'm not training them to do yacht stuff. I am training them to have autonomy I'm training them to have the ability to make good decisions. I'm training them to have amazing customer service because yacht level customer service is insane. Yeah. (laughs) If somebody's paying $100,000 for a weekend, they've got some expectations for the customer service and I can train that and I can pass that on to my staff in my hair salon. And then I can even convert that into customer service isn't just for the customer. Customer service is also for your coworkers. Mm. And you can get what you need out of each other if you are providing good communication and service to each other. So for example, the assistants make sure that my stylists are drinking enough water during the day. That's something they know to do because then the stylist can function better. And the stylist understands that if they're running behind, they have to communicate that to the assistants who can then do their job of getting things rescheduled and making sure that clients are happy again. So it's this beautiful, you have a job to do to your other coworker for your other coworkers so they can do their job. And it works out really well in a salon situation. You know what? Maybe it's more like yachts than I thought. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) That's, that's fascinating. So you know, it, it brings the quote, you know, you, you know, you give it out in slices, it comes back in loaves. What, um, what happens when you do have a dysfunction within the beauty salon, right? There is a personality conflict or some drama that is affecting the culture. What do you do? I'm pretty ruthless okay. because I've been stuck on a boat with somebody that was a detriment to the attitudes of Mm. everybody on board and i i consider the fact that it's not like a yacht where you wake up and you're at work and you go to sleep and you're at work but it is a place that you're spending a significant amount of your waking life hours and i cannot allow the the negativity i can't allow people to 
treat each other poorly, even if it's just slight snarkiness. I can't, I can't tolerate it. Um, I am, I am cutthroat in that way, but that's something you pick up on pretty quickly with a hire. So if I hire somebody and they're not right, they're gone in three months. If I hire somebody and they're right, they stay forever. I've, I've got employees for 10 years now. I've got a couple 10 year employees. Oh no, I got to get some presents going. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> they're going on 10 years. This, oh my gosh. Yeah. This October. <laughs> they're well, going to need, need some good gifts. You got some time. So put some thought <laughs> into it because it sounds like you do everything with a lot of thought. What else are you doing? So you've got the YouTube channel, which has a tremendous following. Uh, you've got the hair salon. You're not captaining. Cap, would you call it captaining? captaining? Yeah, sure. I don't know. <laughs> I get in trouble for calling it driving boats on the internet. Driving People boats. get real mad at me for saying that. <laughs> They're like, no, you pilot, you you helm, you whatever. I'm like, I don't know. A lot of these jobs, especially the brand new yachts that I pick up they're in the 40 to 60 foot range and I get them off of delivery ships from Europe and they get dropped in the water here in the U.S. and when I drive them away it feels a lot like driving the technology has just come so far that it's not it's it's more like driving a car these days than it is like piloting a yacht (laughs) so that's interesting. So the is the bigger the boat, easier to drive? Yes. Uh, if you think about it in terms of the the size, if you're not coming at the dock full throttle, that yeah. means that you're probably going pretty slowly and therefore everything else happens in slow motion. So even if you go to put it in gear, whatever happens by by nature of it being a large thing in the water can't happen quickly. So any mistake you make, you probably have time to correct it. So I, I love driving bigger boats. However, I do a lot of coaching for smaller boats and how I, I coach people has way more to do with their attitude about a docking situation than it does to do with the docking itself. Because sometimes a little boat is going to get blown around or bullied by the current and there's not a whole lot you can do other than prep for it. Right. Like you can do pre-work, but you can't do much once it's happened. So you talk about the attitude of the boat driver. Um, What do you, (laughs) what do you, what do you see is, you know, more often than not, like what is the downside of the, you know, the negatives? 90% 90% of the time I'm just doing couples counseling yeah. because it's a husband and wife. They're stressed out because every time they go out on the boat, when they come back to the dock, there's a lot of yelling <laughs> and I, I'm not, I'm not a yeller. That's never been something I'm about unless it's gleeful screaming for a party or something like that. Yeah. But these couples, they, they have these expectations of each other. And this is probably a situation they've never done before. It actually reminds me a lot of when women are planning their wedding, it's usually their first big event they've ever planned. 
And so there's no, why we expect them to be good at planning a major expensive event and negotiating with vendors and all these other details that we pay other event planners massive amounts of money to handle. Why would we expect somebody to be good at that right at the jump? Anyway, this is, this is, Hey, here's a, here's a situation where you haven't trained each other Mm. in how to operate as crew together. So you probably haven't even evaluated each other's strengths and weaknesses in this situation. So a lot of times you end up with the husband's on the helm and then his little 90 pound wife is running around with the fenders and lines and she's trying to shove a, a 40 ton boat off of a dock. Like it's just, it's madness to me because you're setting each other up for failure when the person on the helm should be the person who is the weakest because putting a boat in and out of gear doesn't take a lot of physical effort. And if it's a small enough boat, most adult men can shove pretty good and they can lift heavy lines and fenders and make big jumps to the dock and, and save the day with all these manly things. Sorry if I'm being very stereotypical here, but I, I see it over and over and over again. And I, I most of the time solve everybody's problem by just changing what jobs they're doing. That's interesting. And, and why do you see the husband grabbing the helm more often than not? Is it because (laughs) it probably feels like the leadership position because they don't know that I make the mate drive. Right. (laughs) Like they don't, they've never done it professionally. So they don't actually, people have this attitude about the captain drives the boat when really the captain almost never drives the boat. And that's true on bigger boats all the time. But there must be a high level of anxiety for boaters too, if they're new to the space. Yes. Yes, there is. And and I come across a lot of people who just have anxiety around being perceived as bad at this. And so that ratchets up the anxiety. I have people that are terrified of damaging something they spent a lot of money on. So that is upping the anxiety. Most of the time, it's still fixable just by saying like, hey, just watch these videos that I've provided for you from the internet where here's a bunch of boats hitting the dock and nothing really happens. (laughs) They don't explode into a million bits. They hit the dock pretty hard and it's still not a big deal. So if you're approaching the dock super slow, the way I'm teaching you to, you can't do the kind of damage you're envisioning in your mind. And and then to slow the whole process down and teach them to do it my way, which is to make it so slow that it's boring, it's really hard to have boredom and panic at the same time. Mm. You can't really do it. <laughs> so having forcing them to get bored by just taking the boat out of gear, if it's still going in the right direction, you just let it happen and don't mess with it. Get bored. Let it go. Stand there until you're 
sick to death of the fact that you're not at the dock yet and you can't have those those high intensity thoughts <laughs> right because then you overcorrect and all of a sudden you're spinning wildly out of control exactly it's a good analogy for life actually so what else are you doing so you're delivering some boats you've got a hair salon you've got a youtube channel you have a podcast also correct i do have a podcast it's called the funny boat podcast and it was a reaction to the fact that i'm there's so many really amazing technical podcasts out there there's so many really great uh sailing adventure type podcasts out there who talk about these big you know regattas and races and things like that but i i couldn't find anybody who was just talking to tiki bars and <laughs> fun uh fun stuff to do on a teeny tiny powerboat or people that were genuinely just having fun and not going for the the dollars and cents of it i guess is what i'm what i'm getting at there's tons of professional ones and i'm planning to cross a giant ocean type ones but most of the people i'm dealing with they're they're just stressed about their weekend on the water with their 30 foot bay liner <laughs> and you're talking with them and sharing experiences so that the people can sit back and listen and say huh that happened to me exactly I love it. And that's called The Funny Boat? The Funny Boat Podcast. Love it. And you can find that on all places where you can find podcasts. All, all the places and the YouTubes, because I do video as well. I don't know why I do video. I probably should be like you and not. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I found with podcasts? You know, and a few people have said, oh, you're missing out. You're missing out. You have to do video. And in fact, I'm talking with someone later today who's going to say the same thing to me. Um, but I find you know, and this is a business to business formatted podcast is that more guests are willing to come on if they don't have to go to hair and makeup. They don't have to worry about what's behind them. They don't have to worry about a face that they might make when I ask an interesting question, <laughs> you know, so it's, and, and for the most part, I think podcasts, people aren't actually watching them. Even if Joe Rogan is videoing or all ins videoing them, those are two that I listen to, but it's in my pocket. I'm not looking at the video i'm 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 learning audibly you know so I, oh i agree with me. you 100% they i put on video podcasts but they're just sort of on over there and i'm doing other things which okay yeah i i would love to stop editing video that would be great <laughs> yeah but it's hard uh it's hard to convince myself to do so it so you're doing your own editing too I do do my own editing. I would love to hire somebody like, like, hey, Tom. What's going Tom, on? <laughs> you hear that, Tom? There's your lead, Thomas. Go. Yeah. But close. I mean, from a business standpoint, it's hard to justify when I only, I got my very first sponsor and cool. it's still just one of those things where I'm like, well, this covers the cost of all of the platforms that I need to pay for in order mm. to like publish where I need to publish and have the editing software that I have. And yeah, I don't know. Well, it's sponsors a, out there, yeah. if you're listening, it's a good one to to definitely sponsor with. Thomas, you can help Captain Boomies with that as well. <laughs> um, what are you listening to? Oh, gosh. Um, what am I listening to lately? Uh, tons of books on tape. I do love yeah. 
books on tape. I just, I'm in the middle of, um, oh shoot, a book about, an amazing book about leadership actually. And it's going to kill me if I can't remember the name of it, but it's about two ships that uh, shipwrecked on an island just uh, way in the roaring 30s, which is the South South Pacific, mm. like the cold, ugly parts that are off of New Zealand and ugh, so horrible and crazy storms and, and absolutely gnarly stuff. And this was, um, you know, this is early, early 1800s, I'm going to say. And these two ships shipwreck on either side of this island. And one of them is a military vessel and they completely fall apart from bad leadership. It was 60 uh. people made it to shore and only three of them made it home. Wow. Whereas the ship of five people had incredible leadership and managed to survive on this island for, I think it ended up being almost a year and a half and getting rescued all together. And it's it's a hundred percent about how they tackled the problems of being shipwrecked. And they did it with really great care for each other that came from the top down. Um throw so it's in a, a leadership little, book almost. It's absolutely cool. a leadership book. And the title of it is And the name of the book is Island of the Lost. Island of the Lost by Joan Druitt. Oh, cool. You there hear that, go. folks? That sounds like a good one. So what do you do for fun if you're not working? I go on boat rides every chance That's I get. It. Really? <laughs> I really? I've really got a sickness. It's part of why cool. I needed to create this whole whole thing and set up my business so that it kind of runs without me. And And then everything else I do just has to do with making content around boats for myself and other people, which is a, a new thing that's been happening a lot more lately. And generally just creating havoc on the seas. <laughs> cool. So you never get bored out there as much as you're out there. That's never. The that's awesome. So you obviously don't have a problem uh, getting outside your comfort zone. You clearly have a large, expansive comfort zone. Let's see if we can uh, find a trigger point on it. What we talk about on this podcast is karaoke. Are you a karaoke fan? I mean, I'll do it. but <laughs> You will, of course, yeah. because you have an expansive comfort zone. So you're up next. What are you singing? Mm. Right now. You don't so, have to sing right now. Uh, I, I'll tell you what I did a couple of weeks ago, which cool. I used to be able to sing better, but then I got hit in the throat and it's never been what? quite the same. Yeah. Boating I, I don't. No, <laughs> uh, I was on one of those little electric scooters and got hit by a car Ooh. and I put the scooter between me and the car. Um, they, I was going straight through an intersection. The car turned left in front of me yeah. and I dropped the scooter between me and the car and the scooter hit me in the throat uh, with the handlebars. So I I cracked something and the pictures of my vocal cords were absolutely hideous. Uh, but, and I was still, I was put on vocal rest for a while, which was interesting. Oh my God. That must've been torture for you. <laughs> it was, it was tough. I gotta say, but uh, so now my, my ability to sing just isn't there anymore. 
Um, so oh, I, I spoke in word my way through divinals. I touch myself. Ah, oh, interesting. I just shattered the whole thing. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, <laughs> it's certainly it's certainly a crowd favorite. And Dr. Joe, I like to we 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 do karaoke after our show very often, and um, I think a lot of karaoke is the crowd involvement, but also the stage presence, right? So <laughs> I think if you're a you know if you're a classically trained opera singer, please don't do karaoke. Right. Because then you're just showing off and bragging. Right. Let's have some fun with this. And I I can't imagine a more fun song to sing. Not a lot of people, <laughs> not a lot of people would be up for it. But believe it or not, that has been mentioned on one of these episodes. And I believe it was the uh it was the an episode about our our yacht broker. Uh, George Ferens, yeah. So the boat. Is I know him. In the song, you do. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't he wonderful? Oh my gosh! That's oh, so I'm wild. psyched. There's a connection there. I can't <laughs> wait to tell him that he has to listen. Yeah. Must be something in the salt water that uh, gives you the uh, desire to sing uh, that song. Well, honestly, it's the yacht brokerage and yachting is such a small world that if. If you're making any kind of splash and it sounds like he's the splashy type based on this, I, I know him, uh, because I actually, I don't know him directly, but I know people that work with him. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah. He's got a great shop. So there it is a, a double endorsement for George and his team <laughs> down there in the South coast. So the most important question what is the best way for people to reach you? Is it the YouTube? Is it the podcast? Is it the, what is it? Oh my goodness. There's a bunch of different ways to reach me. I would say that I'm probably the most active on my Instagram just because that's, it's so easy to respond to messages on yeah. there. So Instagram at Captain Boomies. I'm on TikTok at Captain Boomies. I'm on Facebook at Captain Boomies. And other than that, you can also check out my website, CaptainBoomies.com. I got my, I got all the names on lock. <laughs> like, I love it. Yes. Yeah. You got a brand. It's like Prince, <laughs> Captain Boomies. Well, I want to thank you. I'm truly grateful for you coming on. I was blown away on the Dr. Joe show. So folks, if you haven't heard that one, go to the Dr. Joe show and listen to the episode with Captain Boomies. But more importantly, go to the Funny Boat podcast, go to YouTube and search Captain Boomies. There is a wealth of information there. Um, I could tell you, I watched some of the videos on docking and how to be a captain and fun stuff like that. And it is, it's amazing. So go into that channel and search within the channel and, you know, learn something and get rid of that anxious, anxious, uh, behaviors and learn, uh, learn a little something, something from captain Boomies here. Thank yeah, you. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much. So folks, this has been another exciting episode of Elements of Styles. If you learned something, if you laughed, but more importantly, if you thought of somebody that would need to listen to this, forward it to them, share it with them. You know what? Share it with everyone. Why not? It was a good one. Thank you and be well. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe on your platform of choice for a new episode each week and share this with everyone and anyone. If you have any questions or comments or have an idea for another guest, feel free to shoot me an email at mstyles at styles-law.com. That's M-S-T-I-L-E-S at styles-law.com. 
And if you are a real estate professional, be sure to check us out on our private exclusive Facebook page, The Real Estate School at 892 for content and Massachusetts continuing education opportunities. Be well, folks. This podcast is being provided for informational purposes only. The podcast is not a comprehensive overview of the subject and is not intended to provide legal or financial advice or an endorsement of any product or business. The views expressed by podcast guests are their own and their appearance on the podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Please seek legal, financial, or tax advice before taking any action on the matters or products discussed herein.